This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Look at this pretty quick, just a couple things I, I want to mention about prayer, secret place of prayer. Um, that getting the understanding that we're in the new covenant, we came from the old covenant, and you're praying from a new covenant perspective, and that's after the cross, that the promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. We're not trying to persuade God into one of his promises. We're not begging, we're not pleading. He's already said the promises are yes and amen to those who are in Christ Jesus, and that's us. So we, we need to know that that victory has been bought and purchased, and it's secure. It's a done deal. It is finished. The finished work is finished. And we're busy people, and I know we're, we're so busy in this day and time, and there are certain things you have to do to be productive, make a living, and be family and things. But one thing that needs to be on that list is prayer time. We need to be the Father. We're hearing the voices of the earth continually, and yet we don't, well, about time of Father. So we need to make time. And if it's in your car, take it in your car. It used to be when uh, there was a prayer movement, and I told you how it got off kilter. People say, how many hours did you pray? And it just got uh, really to a, a bragging thing about what you did instead of spending time with Father. And uh, you would feel, uh, if you had 15 minutes, it was like that wasn't long enough. You couldn't do anything 15 minutes, you know. And truth is, five minutes with God is awesome. You can spend five minutes just in the car with Him, and it can change everything. Now, that's not the only time you need to spend with God. There needs to be some extended times. It's just like with your wife... If you just spend five minutes with her, you're not going to build that relationship real strong. <laughs> There's some times you spend extended time with her. What's the same with the Lord? There needs to be some times where you can be quiet, you're not in your car, uh, fighting traffic and all that stuff that you're spending with God. And I believe we have the time. We just need to maybe simplify our lives and not be so busy. So you see there in your notes, I got prayer is about relationship. Prayer is about relationship. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. You know you can be praying all day long. Ephesians 6.18, praying always with all prayer and supplication and spirit. Then he spoke a parable to them, Luke 16.1, that men ought, always ought to pray and not lose heart. You'll lose heart if you're not prayer, if you're not praying, person of prayer. James 5.17, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And that's what happens in our small groups. We get in agreement, and there's a connection with that person. And when you pray, it comes from the heart, and you see answered prayer. Things happen. Things change. And it's so effective. But prayer is about relationship. Prayer is not legalistic, but life. And anytime you do a teaching on the Lord's Prayer, uh, I don't want you to get into a legalistic thing. I'll talk about that in just a few mo moments more. But prayer is life. I get to spend time with Father. 
I get to spend time with God who created the universe. I get to spend time with Him. I want to spend time with Him. And I find that when I do spend time with Him, it's life. It changes me. Being in His presence, when I turn my eyes upon Him, it changes me. My life gets changed because He imparts Himself to us. So prayer has got to be a part of our life. In Luke 11, verse 1, Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Now, they, they knew about prayer. They had seen prayer before, but they'd never seen prayer like Jesus prayed. They had never... You remember it said that they were amazed at the way he taught because he taught as one with authority. But... He also prayed as one with authority. There was a difference. They wondered, how do you pray? Because they saw the results. They saw the things that was happening. He said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, actually, at this point, the disciples did not have a right to call God Father because they had not been birthed into the kingdom. They had not been born again. At that time, accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord. But Jesus is teaching them, preparing them. And I, I told you how the rabbis would teach by categories, and then explanation would come later. But now we can easily say he's our father, because he is our father. He's adopted us. We've been birthed into the family of God. So we call him father. And when you relate to him as father, that'll change your prayer life right there. When you come to him as Daddy God, Abba Father, it changes everything. And the way you relate to him, the way you, you see him, when you realize we're no longer subjects or, or slaves. We're no longer um, peasants. We, we come to him as a son or a daughter of God. We're family. And in his family, there is no middle class. Everyone is a member of the royal family. Everyone's related to the king. And we're sons and daughters of God. And we approach him as a son and as a daughter. And when you do that, prayer changes. Everything changes. It says, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We talked about in in his kingdom. A kingdom is where uh, the king rules. So he rules within us. Kingdom come. The kingdom now has come. Where's the kingdom? Inside of us. We have boldness to enter his presence because of what Jesus did for us. Because of that covenant. And you look at the old covenant, they had to have sacrifices. There had to be so much that had to take place for one person to enter into the Holy of Holies. The high priest could come in. He'd come in trembling and, and, and shaking. And they had a rope tied to him in case he did something wrong to pull him out, pull out the dead carcass. But now we go to Father and we go straight into the Holy of Holies, straight into the throne room. We go straight to be with him. Why? Because of the sacrifice that Jesus made. He sacrificed where we could have that relationship with him. 
He gave His life where we could come into the presence of God not afraid that we're going to die. We're going to lose our life. Approaching Him full of boldness. Just like a, a child would approach their father or their mom with boldness. A carefree joy of a child running into the parent's presence. That's what God wants for us. He's our dad. He is our God. He's our Father. And He's always there for us. We don't, we don't plead or, or beg. He says, come boldly. Come into my presence. You're welcome. You're my son. You're my daughter. Come. He wants us to run into His presence. He wants us to know Him. Because we mean something to Him. He's in love with you. He wants to be with you. And we need to be with Him. So as your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Luke 17, 20, Now when He was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, He answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here and see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. Jesus said you cannot enter into the kingdom of God unless you're born of water and born of the Spirit. The new birth. You accept Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. You enter into the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God is in you. It's not by outward observation. They were looking for a, a king to rise up. <laughs> but he said my kingdom's inside of you. The born-again believer has the kingdom of God on the inside. So what are we doing? We're declaring your kingdom come. Where we say, out of me, your kingdom come into my life. Take hold of every part of my life. You rule and reign in every part of my life. When you read the scriptures and there's something there that says that you're not doing and you refuse to do it, you're rejecting the kingdom rule. You're rejecting the king in that area. And the kingdom of God's not in that area. But God wants us to be blessed. He wants us to live out of his kingdom that he's established for us. So you see there in your notes, the born-again believer has the kingdom of God inside. So if the kingdom of God's inside of us, how is God's will... How is the king's will done in the earth? We, we heard this morning, it takes a free will choice. The kingdom of God is coming out of believers who have made a choice that he is king and that is the flow of the kingdom of God in the earth. It's coming out of us. God didn't come down and force something on us. We choose him. We make him Lord. You're king of my life. And if you said it, even if I don't like it, I believe you give me the grace and the ability to fulfill it, and I'm going to do it. I choose to do it. And then peace comes, and grace comes, and you're able to do what you thought you couldn't do before, what you didn't like before. Now you like, because everything he tells you to do is life. Everything that he tells you to do brings joy and peace. And the Holy Spirit was the kingdom of God. Not meat and drink. 
So every time you release the kingdom, every time you're doing fulfilling His will, you're releasing life. And the will of God is done through us. The will of God is released through us. That's the reason we don't need to be stopped up. <laughs> Prayer will keep you from getting stopped up. It'll set your heart in order. Set your life in order. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father's will is for things to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it's easy to see what God's will is. Of course, we have the Word of God, but you can look at heaven. What's, what's in heaven? Is there poverty and lack in heaven? Is there sickness and disease in heaven? Is there oppression in heaven? No. Is there tornadoes in heaven? Well, God sent this tornado. No, His will. <laughs> What's His will? All the good things of heaven. Or is His will for you now here on this earth? It's available. He put it inside of you because that makes it hard to get away from. Have you realized everywhere you go, you're there? <laughs> well, the kingdom's there too. The Holy Spirit is there too. Inside of us. And you just need to turn your eyes sometimes and look to the Lord. I don't sense His presence. Well, you haven't been in His presence is the problem. <laughs> you haven't turned your eyes towards Him. Because He's always there. There's no pain, sorrow. There's no relationship problems. No unforgiveness in heaven. No curse. God did not cause your marriage to fail. The devil and you did a good job yourself. God didn't kill your child. There's an enemy out there. There's two kingdoms in the, in the earth. The kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. Matthew 16, 19, Amplified. Talked about this some, but I want to mention it again. Talking about the will of God done on earth. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven wherever you bind, declare to be improper, unlawful on earth, must be what is already bound in heaven. Wherever you loose, declare lawful on earth, must be what is already loosed in heaven. So Jesus is saying here, I give you, give believers, authority and power. I give you these keys of the kingdom that you can bind and loose. You can bind wherever is bound in heaven. You bind Sickness, disease, you can bind these things. The evil forces, you have power over the, uh, over the enemy. You can bind him and command him to go. You take authority. It's your keys to what? To releasing the kingdom of God in the earth. Binding and loosing. A lot of people aren't using their keys. Where's my keys? Oh, there it is, binding. Where's other? Loosing. What do you loose? Abundance and life and health and peace and joy. You, you loose the kingdom. You, you release that, but you bind up what you don't want. You loose what you do want. And what you loose is what's already been released in heaven. So you can have some heaven on earth because the kingdom's here. Because God's here. It's delegated authority to loose that health and abundance and peace. 
So binding and loosing is the keys of the kingdom to be used on earth to release God's will on earth as it is in heaven. Of course, you got prayer and other things too. Many Christians think the blessings start in our life when we get to heaven. I don't know if you've heard this. I know when I get to heaven, I have power and authority. My question I always ask is why? Why do you need power and authority when you get to heaven? The devil's not there. There are no battles in heaven. Jesus is Lord, <laughs> period. There will never be any elections, any campaigns, thank God. We have our king, period. So there are no battles. There's no sickness, no disease. You don't need power and authority there. There's no enemy there. That rascal got kicked out. He got kicked hard. Jesus said, I saw him falling as lightning. That's a hard kick. <laughs> Give us this day our daily bread. So next part of the prayer here, and it's, it's not a question. It's actually a demand. And you look it up, it means to grant this. It's a, it's a demand. It's kind of like the picture of maybe your, your, your boy comes into the kitchen and sees mom and goes, Mom, give me something to eat. I'm hungry. And she doesn't go, come here, son. Beg me. Get on the ground and plead and beg. <laughs> but that's the picture we have of God a lot of times. We think we got to beg and plead. And it says he's already set the table. Where's the table? Well, it's when I get to heaven, there's going to be a table full of food. <laughs> he said, in the presence of your enemies. The table's here. The table is set and it's full of food. We're going... Please feed me. Please feed me. We're in a different covenant. God hasn't changed. The terms of the covenant changed. And what we were trying to do through laws, statutes, these, these things that we couldn't do, God in the new covenant just went ahead. Instead of causing us to try and get to do something, he said, be, <laughs> be righteous. He qualified, he made us righteous. No, we're qualified. He just went ahead and did what we couldn't do there. He just went ahead and skipped steps and be righteous. I make you righteous. I like that. You say, Darren, your nose, Father likes it when we approach him boldly. He wants you to come in faith, expecting provision, not arrogantly. You still come as Abba Father. He's Daddy God. So you come with reverence, but expecting provision. Hebrews 4, 16, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What do you do? You, I thank you, Father, for providing for me. 
I thank you that you meet my needs. I have a promise that you would supply all my need according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That's powerful when you think about God our Father, the creators. We got promises from Him, and He's not a God that can lie. What He said is the truth. You can bank on it. It's the truth. And He's already supplied everything you'll need. So faith is confidence in Him. And once you become unmovable and shakable in your faith, that, that, you got it. That is faith. You're not moved by what's going on here. Inside, you've got the answer. You know it's yours, and you're just thanking God for it. Second uh, Corinthians 8, 9, I already read this scripture, but the, that grace of God that, that Jesus became poor that we might become rich. Father's a great provider. He wants to provide beyond anything that we can think or imagine. He is an awesome provider. And in Deuteronomy 8, 18, it says, Remember the Lord your God is He that gives you power to get wealth. He, he gives us the power to get wealth. It's, it's available, there's, but there's capacity that we have to have. We have to walk and, and learn. But He wants you to prosper to establish His covenant. He wants this, this earth filled with His kingdom, the good news of the gospel. And it takes money to do it. But he wants us to fund it. He wants us to do it. And we talked about Jehovah Jireh. And uh, he is our provider. He is our provision. Whatever the need is, God is there to meet that. Now, I mentioned in the beginning that, that prayer is not legalistic. And you can get legalistic, oh, I'm doing my Lord's Prayer. And I don't want you to be legalistic. I think it is good to start with it, especially you're just starting out to get the discipline of prayer. But there's times that you might get stopped on hallowed be your name and worship. And you might spend your whole time in prayer and worship. There's been times that I just go, God, I, I found the fountain of youth. I found this is life. It's, nothing else matters. Because you've been with him. It's just nothing else in this world, the world grows strangely dim. There's nothing else that matters because you've been with Him. <clears throat> Being with Him is what it's about. So He might change your prayer. This is an outline. It's a pattern that you can use that covers all the areas of, of life, actually. But He might say, I want you to pray about this. There's been two times, it was in the last couple of years, that He had me stop everything, just pray for our president that there was a plan to assassinate him. And that was my whole prayer time. You just, you follow. He might say, I want you to pray about this. So it's not a legalistic thing. It's, it's just like when Ellen and I have a, a special time and we go out, I don't pull out a sheet, we're going to do this first and this next. <laughs> now, it's, it's, it's a relationship. But at the same time, this is a great thing, that, this outline that you can take and you can cover all the areas of your life, actually, and get your heart set right. So it's a good thing, but don't get, well, I didn't pray the Lord's Prayer this day. I must be going to hell. <laughs> no. No. No condemnation. Just do what he says. And sometimes you just hang out with him. Sometimes you just hang out with him. 
I mean, you just, you just, you're just going with him. And you're just talking back and forth. You're just hanging out. He likes to hang out too. You know the reason that uh, we love grandparents? Because they, they really don't put expectations on you that it's like to hang out. And they love you. You know why? For no particular reason. Just because you're there. Because you're alive. <laughs> they, they love you. And I remember going to Grandma's house. It wouldn't be talk about the economy and all this stuff. It, what's going on in the news and all this stuff. It was, what's going on with you? Have some blueberry pie and ice cream. And see, the world was a better place for Grandma because I'd been there. And, and it's the same with parents. You know, children, they don't do anything to give parents love. They're just there. It's the same with God the Father. You don't, He loves you because you're here, because you're alive. You're His kid. And He loves being with you. And you don't have to go through all the problems and stuff. He says, just come and be with me. Let's talk for a while. Can we take a walk together? And see, if you're missing that part of the relationship, and I, I put it here, let's see if I can find it. Skipping, all right. If you do all the works of prayer and don't enjoy your relationship with Father, you miss the call to prayer. And the, the Lord prompted me, I remembered a series I'd done a few years back called The Call to Prayer, and it was about our relationship with Father. And the Lord showed me about my grandma and how uh, it didn't matter. My mom could bring me over and she could be upset with me, and she might tell my grandma, but my grandma would just go, well, come on back and get some blueberry pie. And I was thinking, I love you. You want some ice cream, Bobby? That was Bobby then. Bobby, you want some ice cream? I do. <laughs> Just love hanging out. <laughs> it wasn't because we grew up in the same generation or, or anything like that. It's just because I was there. And God's that way. He just wants you to show up and be there. He loves you. And you haven't done anything to earn His love except be there. Really what you've done, you've received His love. You get to be with Him. You know, God could relate it to His life in different ways. But he chose Father. And I'm so glad. Once I had children, everything changed. My relationship with God changed because understanding came. Understanding of to have a child and your love for them, you're thinking he's, he loves my child more than I love my child. And you think that he related to us as Father. He could relate in a different way. But he chose Father. 
See, and what hit my heart is, if you want someone that you want to bless, someone that you want to give the full advantage of the best of your counsel, the best of your love, make them your child. Because you'll sacrifice, you'll do without sleep, you'll eat them, feed them, change them, do everything for them. You give them everything. It doesn't matter because you're, you love them. And then, you, they get older, you do everything for them, and half of what they could do, you still do for them. And then later, they get everything anyway. What did God do? God says, I love them so much, I have to make them my children. I don't want them to be my servants. They've got to be in my household because I'm a father and I love them. And I want them to have the best advantage of anything in the universe. I want to provide for them and supply for them and meet their every need. I want to prepare them to walk the journey of life. I want to see them take this turn and that turn. All they got to do is ask me. I'll give them direction. I'll give them input. They need this. I got it here. So I want them to be my children. That was God's dream. And because of Jesus, that dream came true. And now we're a part of God's family. I don't know about you. I'm ready to go pray right now. I want to spend some time. Spend some time with Him. It's bower heads. Father, we thank You that You're Father. We thank you, Lord. You're such a good father. You're wonderful. And you always have our best interest. You always want us to have the advantage. You always want us to be blessed, to be at peace and have joy. You want us, Lord, to always follow you, be with you. You want to give us your, your wisdom, your insight your direction, your values, your desires. Because, Father, you fathered us. You made us. You birthed us. And you, you know exactly what we were called to do and what fulfills us. And, God, we want that in our heart and our life. So anyone here, that every head bowed and eyes shut, you can't call God Father I want to give you an opportunity right now. He loves you so much. He's helplessly, hopelessly in love with you. And he wants you to be his child, to be a part of his family. Maybe you prayed this before, but you know you're not connected to him. You can get in on this prayer to, to also and get connected back. Let's all say, God, I want to call you Father. So I ask you to be my Father. I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for Jesus dying for me on the cross. I receive. I receive the blessedness of being connected to you as your child. 
I'll follow you, Father, all the days of my life. And I'll live for all eternity with my Father and with my Savior. Thank you, Lord, for loving me so much. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.